Welcome on into the Wasatch Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Today's episode will be a continuation of our off-season previews. However, because we are getting really close to the draft, um, and I still have 16 teams to cover, I decided I would split it up between the Western and Eastern Conference, spend a little, or actually quite a bit less time per team, um, but mostly just so we can get through this um, before the draft and... Um, you know, because I, I still have, like, a mock draft I'd like to do before the draft on the 18th. Um, and have the freedom to make uh, episodes as I feel, as I kind of feel like it, um, with uh, new news that's coming out. Because it, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out here in the next couple days. Um, before we get started, though, there is a little bit of league news to go over. Um the Lakers and the Thunder have agreed to a trade. Now, the trade can't be official until um, tomorrow. Um, that's when the NBA will lift their moratorium on trades to be made. Um, but the Thunder are receiving Danny Green and the 28th pick in return for Dennis Schroeder. Um, the Lakers getting Dennis Schroeder um, that gets them a guy that is better than anything they had at the point guard position this last year. Um, he can start with them. He can be their sixth man. Um, I th- believe he probably should have won the sixth man of the year this year. Um, instead, it was given to Montrez Harrell. Um, but I think just a, a great trade for the Lakers. Um, it was just a late first-round pick that they gave up. Um, but So instead, they're getting somebody that can immediately come in and help them. And then Danny Green, while he's a really good defender, struggled this year with the, with the Lakers, and so I think it's a good use of resources there. Um, for the Thunder, get another pick um, with that. They have 16 picks over the next uh, six years in the first round. Um, So they have tons of trade assets that they put together now. Plus Danny Green, if they decide to keep him around, he's a really good 3-and-D wing, um, good veteran to have around. But I kind of believe that he will be flipped um, maybe even before the season starts, but at least by the trade deadline um, for them to get maybe another piece or two on the team going forward. Um, But with that, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Um, We're going to try and be right around five minutes per team. Um, So it's going to be the same format as I was doing before, but a lot quicker. So the first team is the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks are going to be 1 million underneath the cap um, of 109 million before the draft and free agency starts. Their biggest contracts are Christoph Sporzingis has four years, 130 million left. Tim Hardaway Jr. has one year, 19. Dwight Powell has three years, 33. DeLon Wright has two years, 18. Maxi Kleba has three years, 26. Um, sorry, I can't even read my own handwriting here. Uh, who's that? Oh, okay. Steph Curry has three years, 24. And Luka Doncic is still on his rookie deal, has two years, $18 million left. The free agents for the Mavericks this year are Courtney Lee, J.J. Barea, Willie Cauley-Stein has a player option. I imagine he'll pick that up. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and Trey Burke. The As far as the draft goes for the Mavericks, they have the 18th and the 31st pick. Um, when it comes to the 18th pick, I think they'll go kind of a higher ceiling type guy. Um, just really take a chance and see if they can um, develop somebody into a special player. Um, so I'm looking at guys like Jaden McDaniels, Alexei Pokusevsky, if he's still available. 
RJ Hampton, if he's still available, which I'm not, I don't think it by 18 he still would be, or Cole Anthony. Um, I, I think they would look to not find somebody that can immediately help them, but maybe they can leave over in Europe, um, put down in the G League for a year or two, um, but get um, with their uh, their del- developmental coaches. Um, Alexei Pokosevsky, the uh, the Mavericks are known for having the best uh, scouts, best foreign scouts, and so I know that they they probably know a lot about Pokosevsky and probably have a lot of interest in him. Um, I don't know if I've talked about him much yet, but he's you know seven footer that weighs like hundred ninety five pounds. He is a toothpick, but has good handles, can shoot the ball real well. So he's one of those guys where if they they get him in the weight room put, you know, 30, 40 pounds on him over the next three or four years, he could be um, something special in the league. He also has a really high chance of being a bust, but at number 18, um, I think it's okay to take a chance there. Um, with the 31st pick, I'd be looking for somebody that I think could could immediately step in and help the Mavericks um, on a on a cheaper contract. I mean, taking guys in the second round, that's why second round picks have become valuable lately is when you have multiple max guys on, on contract, um, it's very valuable to have, um, these second round picks where you're going to be paying these guys less than the veteran minimum to be on your team. Um, so I'd be looking at guys like Tyler Bay out of Colorado, Vernon Carey Jr. from Duke. Uh, Jemias Ramsey out of Texas Tech, or Xavier Tillman from Michigan State for the Mavericks. Um, as far as free agency and trades go for them, I know that they're looking to be aggressive and possibly bring in a third star to play next to Porzingis and, and Luka. Um, they have the, the contracts to make that happen, but I would... I would uh, advise against going all in right now. I mean, if you can flip a couple pieces for somebody that helps right away, that's great, but I don't want to see them get rid of all the depth that they have um, in hopes that the guy that they're getting is going to be the answer for them. Especially with Porzingis and Luca being so young, you don't have to rush this thing. So the next team is the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets will be $1 million under the cap um, before the... Uh, Drafting before free agency, they do have a, a bunch of their own free agents, um, and a couple of them I, I figure they would, would like to uh, bring back. Um, their biggest contracts are Nikola Jokic has three years, $93 million left. Gary Harris has two years, $39. Will Barton has two, two years, $29. Um, Jer- Jeremy Grant has one year, $9 million on a player option. Um, I'm expecting him to turn that down and sign a bigger deal this offseason. Uh, Jamal Murray has five years, 60, $169 million left, and Michael Porter Jr. has two years, $9 million. Um, that's on his rookie deal. The free agents for the Nuggets, you have Paul Millsap, Ma- uh, Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant, like I said, has a player option, Torrey Craig, Noah Vonley, Troy Daniels, P.J. Dozier, and Bull Bull. Now, I usually don't bring up these uh, these two-way contract guys, uh, but Bull Bull, is, is, he's a special player. You know, 7'3", can shoot, 
Mike Pokosevsky is just super, super thin. Needs to continue putting on weight. But I think um, if the Nuggets don't immediately give him uh, an NBA deal, I think there's teams out there that would be willing to um, throw a little bit of money Bull Bull's way um, to have the chance at, at developing him. Um, the Nuggets have the 22nd pick. Um, what I'd be looking for here if I was them is, just like with the Mavericks, um, a high, high ceiling type guy, maybe something, somebody that can be special in the future, um, because you don't really have any huge glaring needs right, right away, especially if you bring back Jeremy Grant and possibly Paul Millsap. Um, so I'd be looking at guys like Jalen Smith out of Maryland, Jaden McDaniels out of Washington. Alexei Pokosevsky again, if he's if he's still available at 22. Robert Woodard out of Mississippi State, just an insane athlete. Doesn't have really many basketball skills yet, but that athleticism is is ridiculous. Um, Cassius Stanley from Duke, same same way as uh, Robert Woodard, just a, a great athlete. Just hasn't not really figured out the NBA game yet. Or uh, Tio Maladon out of France. Now the big thing with Tio Maladon, I, I I barely just barely learned this, um, is he does not want to um, stay over in Europe, um, be a draft and stash guy. He wants to come over to the NBA right away, which I think may hurt his draft stock a little bit, just because these teams like the you know like the Celtics or the Pelicans, teams like that, that have multiple picks, I think would draft a guy like Maladon. Mostly for the reason that they can keep him over in Europe for a couple of years before they have to bring him over. Um, I think he's still valuable. You know, he's a six-five point guard, um, really smooth game. Um, he's Tony Parker's protege, and I, I think he still has a lot of value. I just think the fact that he wants to come over immediately is going to kind of hurt his value going forward here. Um. So next team is the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans will be $26 million under the cap this going into this free agency period. Um, however, Brandon Ingram will be a free agent, and I'm expecting that he will get a max level contract, so that will eat up all the Pelicans' uh, cap room. The biggest contracts that the Pelicans have are Drew Holiday, J.J. Redick, Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball. Oh, I'm not... <laughs> Doing this wrong. So Drew Holiday, two years 53. Uh, JJ Reddick, one year 13. Zion Williamson, three years 34. Lonzo Ball, one year 11. Um, oh, Darius Miller, one year seven. And Jackson Hayes, three years 22 million. Their free agents are Derek Favors, Etwan Moore, Brandon Ingram, Jaleel Okafor, Frank Jackson, Kenrich Williams, and Sindarius Thornwell. Now, like I said before, I think Ingram will get a max level contract um, going forward with the Pelicans. They got to make a decision on a guy like uh, Derek Favors because they, you know, they drafted uh, Jackson Hayes last year, um, kind of to be the center of the future, but he's definitely not ready um, yet for that responsibility. And Derek Favors, when he was healthy last year, made their defense just so much better. He just the biggest thing is he couldn't stay healthy and stay on the floor. Um, so they've got to decide, um, A, if they want to bring him back, and B, how much are they willing to give him 
uh, to come back. You know, they're not going to give him the $17 million per year that he was making on his last contract. But are they willing to give him, you know, the full mid-level exception or higher? Um, because I think there's other teams in the league that would give him the full mid-level exception to bring him back or to bring him in. And I don't know that if he was really happy with the Pelicans this last year. So I think to bring him back, they'd really have to overpay him to to bring him. So that's probably their most uh, um, interesting decision that they have to make this offseason. Now, they could possibly also trade Drew Holiday. And so I think Derek Favors and Drew, um, bringing Derek Favors back or not, and possibly trading Drew Holiday is the biggest uh, things that the Pelicans have to figure out this offseason. Um, the Pelicans have the 13th, the 39th, the 42nd, and the 60th pick. With the 13th pick, I'd be looking for somebody that can help on the, on the, uh, on the wing. Um, you know, you have Brandon Ingram, you have Josh Hart, um, you have Drew Holiday, you have J.J. Redick. Um, both Redick and Holiday, if they stick around, are getting older, especially Redick. Um, so I'd be looking for somebody that can add some depth there. And then as Reddick ages out, you know, can replace him. So I'm looking at guys like Sadiq Bey, Isaac Okoro, if he's still available at 13, which I don't think he will be, but I, he probably should be. Um, Desmond Bain out of TCU or Josh Green out of Arizona. At 39, I'd be looking for another young center to go along with uh, Jackson Hayes. Um so with that 39th pick, I'd be looking at guys like uh, Yudoka Azabuki out of Kansas, who at the Combine measured in at 6'10", 270 pounds. Big guy, but he has a 7.5-foot wingspan, or yeah, 7'7", seven seven, um, wingspan, um, did really well in the vertical jump, showed that he has um, quite a bit of athleticism that People are kind of surprised by it, at least the way he played at Kansas. So I think he, he he did himself a good job at the combine of of jumping up draft boards. Um, also, Daniel Oturu out of Kansas, out of uh, Miss Minnesota, my bad. Uh, Reggie Perry out of Mississippi State, Caleb Wesson out of Ohio State, and Nick Richards out of Kentucky. At forty two, I'd be looking for more of a younger guy, kind of a project, either. A European player, keep him over in Europe, or a uh, just a younger player that you can maybe put down in your G League, have on a two-way contract, something like that. Um, so I'd be looking at Yam Mater out of Israel. Really tough defensive guard, out of, um, about 6'3 out of Israel. Jay Scrub, who is a 6'6 wing, um, played in junior college this last year. Abdule Andoya, um, I think he's French. If I remember right, but he's six, six foot six point guard. Probably won't play the point guard in the NBA. He'll probably have to move to the wing. Um, kind of like um, Isaac Bonga a couple years ago um, coming out of Germany. And then Paul Ibois out of Italy. Um, I brought him up a few times before, but I think he could be the next Pascal Siakam if developed right. Um, could be a bust, but I mean, if you're taking him as your third pick in the draft um, with the 42nd overall pick, I mean, might as well take a chance on him. And then at number 60, I'd be looking for 
you know, I, I really, the guys I have listed here, it's not really a category. It's either guys that I think could immediately come in and help or guys that I'm going to put down as two-way contracts. Um, so the two guys that could immediately help, Yoli Childs out of BYU or Killian Tilly out of Gonzaga. Um, or if you want to go the younger guy route, uh, put him on a two-way next year, sign him to NBA contracts. Um, I look at like Josh Hall or Kenyon Martin Jr. Um, both those guys are small forwards that did a an extra year of prep school, which I'm not really familiar with them, but I guess it's a between high school and college year that you do. Um, but both of those guys did that. Um, so the next team is the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets are going to be $20 million, $21 million over the cap um, before the offseason begins. Their biggest contracts are Russell Westbrook at three years, 132. Um, James Harden at three years, 132. Eric Gordon at four years, 75. Robert Covington at two years, 25. And P.J. Tucker at one year, eight. Now, there have been reports that Russell Westbrook has demanded a trade and wants out. Um, there's been a lot of reports that there's tons of teams that want to take James Harden away from the Rockets, and I kind of think it's time for the Rockets to move to move on, go into a rebuild, and you know move on from these these veterans that they have. Um, you know they made it to the Western Conference Finals with this group a few years ago, but it looks like they've kind of peaked and need to try and find those next pieces that are going to be the next big group for the Rockets. I think if they Try and hold on with this group that they have. You know, at best, they'll be a fifth, sixth seed in the West. Um, get beat, beat out in the first or maybe second round. Um, but the, there's not much potential left with this group that they have. Um, the free agents that they'll have this offseason. You have Tyson Chandler, Tabo Cephalosha. Austin Rivers has a player option, but it sounds like he is going to terminate that and become a free agent. Bruno Caboclo. Damari Carroll, Jeff Green, and Luke Mbamute. Um, I really don't know if any of those guys will be back with the Rockets, especially if they decide to blow things up and head towards a rebuild. Um, and the Rockets have no picks in this draft, and that's one of the other big reasons I would look to move on from Westbrook and Harden and Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, Robert Covington, all those guys, is... They don't have any picks in this year's draft, and they've traded away a lot of their future picks um, going forward. So they don't really don't have that many ways of improving this team um, through either the draft or through free agency because they just don't have any cap room. Um, so the next team is the San Antonio Spurs. Um, the Spurs will be $11 million over the cap heading on into uh, the offseason here. Their biggest contracts are DeMar DeRozan, one year 28. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, one year 24. Rudy Gay, one year 14. Penny Mills, one year 13. Trey Lyles, one year 5. And DeJounte Murray, four years 64. Um, now, one of the things that they've got to start preparing for is not this offseason, but the next offseason, Derek White will be a free agent, so they need to decide if they're going to 
give him an extension or if him and DeJounte Murray just aren't going to work out as a group and they need to move one of them. Um, there's also been reports out that the Spurs are actively shopping DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, Rudy Gay, and Patty Mills. Um, so it looks like they're trying to head more towards a rebuild and build around these younger guys. Um, so they're going to really look to be active um, in the trade market and also in free agency to try and find some young talent to put around Murray, White, um, Lonnie Walker, Kelton Johnson. Um, their free agents this year are Marco Bellinelli, Jakob Pertl, Bryn Forbes, and DeMar DeRozan has a player option. I fully expect him to pick that up because nobody's going to give him $28 million per year um, on the market this year. Um, Jakob Pertl is a restricted free agent. I think unless a team gives him just a crazy um, offer that the Spurs will be signing him um, here going forward. Um, you know, he's a really good defensive center on the offensive end. You know, he's just a uh, grab offensive boards and, you know, get putbacks. Um, you know, so a solid center, but nothing, nothing special. Um, so as long as nobody offers him, you know, something like around like 8 million per year or more, I fully expect him to be back with the Spurs going forward. Um, the Spurs have the 11th and the 41st pick. Um, with both these picks, I'm looking for, um, you know, added, added depth, but younger guys, I don't want to, I wouldn't be looking to draft any of these, you know, 22, 23, possibly even 24 year old, four year seniors. Um, so with 11, I'd be looking at like, Aaron Neesmith, Sadiq Bey, Isaac Okoro, Patrick Williams, or Jalen Smith. At 41, I'd be looking to add another big um, to be kind of a backup to Yaka Pirtle. Um, so I'd be looking at Daniel Oturu, Zeke Naji, Vernon Carey Jr., or Isaiah Stewart. Now, if they wanted to bring in a guy that could immediately help at the backup center, um, they could bring in Xavier Tillman, but he's going to be 22 this next year. Um, so, I mean, he, he's an option there. Um, again, it's up 41. So the odds of you getting a star or anything like that is not very high. So it really doesn't matter if the guy you're, dra you're drafting at 41 is 19 or 21 or 22, but at 11 is where stuff like that tends to matter. Um, next team is the. Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns are 15 million under the cap. The, uh, the Phoenix Suns, though, have been in rumors um, to have interest in bringing in Chris Paul. Now, because of uh, the fact that they have 15 million in cap uh, room, they don't have to send out the 41 million or anywhere really near that. To bring in Chris Paul. Now I would advise them to try and send out as much uh, salary as they possibly can in a trade to bring him in, um, because they're gonna they're gonna want to bring in another piece along with 
with him in free agency. Um, whether it be somebody like somebody like uh, Danilo Gallinari or Paul Millsap, somebody like that, uh, to kind of fully fill out this team. Um, the trade that's been kind of thrown out there by a few different people that I've seen is the Suns sending Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre Jr., and the 10th pick to the Thunder for Chris Paul and the 25th. Um, that would mean the uh, Suns would be sending out roughly $32 million. Um, so they'd be absorbing $9 million um, extra, which would still leave them with about $6 million, um, just in cap room to add somebody. You know, they also have their exceptions that they could use. Um, but anyway, not, nothing like that has been finalized. That's just the rumors that are going around for the Suns right now. Um, the biggest contracts on this Suns team, you have Devin Booker at four years, 131 left. Ricky Rubio at two years, 35. Kelly Oubre Jr. at one year, 14. DeAndre Ayton at two years, 23. That's his rookie deal. And Frank Kaminsky at one year, five. Um, I would probably, if I was the, the Suns and I made that trade with the Thunder, I would see if I could throw Frank Kaminsky into that deal also just to, to free up another $5 million for you to use, um, bringing that number to about eleven for them to use going forward. Um, the free agents for this team, you have Aaron Baines, Dario Saric, who's a restricted free agent, Chick Diallo is a, has a team option, and Javon Carter. Now, Aaron Baines, I think, is going to have some interest around the league. You know, could be a very good backup center for a lot of different teams. Has the ability to space the floor. Is a big, tough guy in the in the middle on defense. Um, so I I think the Suns would like to retain him, but if it means getting in the way of them getting a uh, starting level power forward, I think they'll let him go. And then Dario Saric is a restricted free agent, um, kind of the same as as Baines. If if the market gets too hot for him, I think the Suns would just be okay with just letting him go. But if they could bring him back on a reasonable number, um, I think they would like to have him back. Uh, as far as the draft goes, the Suns only have the number 10 pick in this year's draft. They traded away their second-round pick this year at some point. Um, I would be looking for more depth on the wing. Um if they still have this pick, of course. Um, but I'd be looking for, you know, you have Kelly Oubre, you have Mikael Bridges, you have Cameron Johnson. I'd be looking for just one more guy to really fill out that wing position um, and allow you to play Devin Booker at the point guard a little more often. Um, so I'd be looking at Devin Vassell, which some mock drafts I've seen have him as high as, like, number six. Now, Devin Vassell was listed at 6'7 all throughout the year at the combine measured in at 6'5 and I think that's going to hurt his value quite a bit um, because at 6'7 it's like oh he can play the three pretty easily and possibly 
uh, move up and play some small ball four every now and then. But at 6'5", he's going to have to be a two and sometimes guard threes. Um, next is uh, Aaron Neesmith out of Vanderbilt. Now, Neesmith is a, is a shooter. Um, shot 52% from three this last year at Vanderbilt. Uh, ran a very pro-style offense with Jerry Stackhouse as their coach. Um, defense is going to be uh, it's going to take some work, but he is 6'6". Six, six, is a decent athlete, so I figure he'll at least get to the point where he won't be like a hindrance on the defensive end. Um, also, Sadiq Bay out of out of uh, Villanova, six eight, two ten, can play really the two, the three, or the four. Uh, won the uh, Julius Irving Award this last year as the best small forward in the college game. Um, and then that last is Patrick Williams. Now, I'm not very high on Patrick Williams, but I've seen him in in uh, a lot of different mocks, being number six or number seven to the Hawks or the or the Pistons. And I've heard that there's a lot of teams wanting to trade up for him with the Pistons to get him at seven. Again, I don't, I don't really see it with him. A lot of teams think he can be the next Kawhi Leonard. I, I think at his best he could be just a solid three and D wing. But I don't know. Teams really like the guy, um, and they may be right. But if he's at number ten, I'd feel pretty safe if I'm the Suns taking him there. So the next team is the Thunder, as I. Uh, brought up earlier they made the trade with the Lakers um, receiving Jeff or uh, Danny Green and the 28th pick in this year's draft um, in return for Dennis Schroeder um, I fully expect them to continue to try and move off of their veteran pieces um, I think Chris Paul will get moved I don't I wouldn't put it as likely that Stephen Adams gets moved but if the Thunder get a good enough offer they'll they'll trade him off too um, but heading into the offseason, they are $2 million under the cap. Their biggest contracts are Chris Paul at two years, 85 left. Stephen Adams, one year, 27. Danny Green, one year, 15. And Stephen, or uh, Stephen. Um, oh, I, I just forgot his first name there for a second. But uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander has two years, $10 million left. Um, it looks like they're planning to build this team around Shea for the future. Um, you know, he's 6'5", combo guard, um, and improved a lot going in or in his second season, going from being a 10-point-a-game scorer to a 20-point-a-game scorer uh, in his second year. Um, the free agents for this Thunder team, you have Danilo Gallinari, Andre Roberson, Nerlens Noel, Mike Muscala is a player option. Uh, Abdel Nader is a team option. Uh, Hamadou Diallo is a team option. And Deontay Burton is a team option. Um, as I said earlier, I kind of expect them to flip Danny Green again. Um, I think they're really only interested in getting the pick from the Lakers. Um so they're they're going to be an interesting team to watch. I think there's going to be a lot of movement from the from the uh, the Thunder this offseason and then also at the trade deadline this year. Um, as far as the draft goes, they have the 25th 
the 28th and the 53rd pick. Um, at 25, I'd be looking for more of a high, high potential type guy that could also possibly give you some minutes this year, um, but is more of a development developmental project. Um, so I'm looking at guys like uh, Tio Maladon, Jaden McDaniels, or Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky, who's a, a really good defensive guard out of Kentucky. Um, offense still has a little bit of a ways to go, but shows a lot of promise there. At number 28, I'd be looking for um, for a big, somebody to either replace Steven Adams or play behind him for a year. Um, so I'm looking at guys like Vernon Carey Jr., which I haven't talked about this yet, but Vernon Carey Jr., during the college season, was listed at 6'10", 270. Um, all reports have been that with when he's been uh, working out with teams, he's lost like 30, 35 pounds and is weighing in right around 240 right now. Um, got himself in great shape. He's knocking down a lot of shots. So I think he could be even earlier in the first round, but for a little bit there it was looking like he would be a late second round pick because teams just teams were just worried about where he would fit in the NBA and I think he's done a great job to move himself up same with a guy like Caleb Wesson out of Ohio State I figured he would go undrafted he's gotten himself in great shape worked on his athleticism a lot and looks like he'll he'll still be in the second round but has at least gotten himself into the range of being drafted <clears throat> Um, also at 28, I'd look at Daniel Oturu out of Minnesota, um, Reggie Perry out of Mississippi State, Yudoka Zabuki out of Kansas, and Isaiah Stewart out of out of Washington. Now Isaiah Stewart, I love the guy's motor. He gets after it like crazy. He's a great offensive rebounder. Um, has has quite a bit of tools to his offensive game. Um, is a, looks like he could be a really good secondary uh, rim protector. But um, was listed at 6'9 during the season at the Combine, measured in at about 6'7 with shoes on, so he's really like 6'6. Six six. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing that took him from being around like that 14 to 17 range to being a late first round pick. Um, I, I still really like the guy, and I like if the Jazz took him, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be mad about that. But he did, you know, it's nothing that he did. It's just being three inches shorter than what they thought he was is going to hurt his draft stock a lot. Um, And then finally at 53, I'd be looking at one of these guys that during their college career were just straight-up scorers, um, maybe come in and replace the six-man position for Dennis Schroeder. Not immediately, but... You know, as they get some more development, learn the NBA game, become really good six men. Um, so I'm looking at Mason Jones out of Arkansas, also Isaiah Joe out of Arkansas. Now Mason is more of a a slasher, can get and uh, you know scores on cuts, uses his athleticism. Meanwhile, Isaiah Joe is one of the best shooters in this draft. Um, just a great knockdown three point shooter. Um, also Yoli Childs out of uh, BYU can play the four of the threes, average about 22 points a game this last year at BYU. Sam Merrill out of Utah State, just a straight up knockdown shooter. 
Um, defense is going to be where his big worry is. And then uh, Marcus Howard out of Marquette. Marcus is a small guard, and that's if he was 6'3", he would for sure be a uh, first-round pick this year. But he's 5'11", maybe. Um, but he's an insane scorer, and I think somebody will take a chance on him somewhere in the second round just because of how amazing of a scorer he was at Marquette. Um, so the next team is the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves will be $13 million under the cap heading into this season. Their biggest contracts are D'Angelo Russell, three years, $90 million left. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, four years, one thirty. million. Uh, James Johnson, one year, sixteen. million. And Jarrett Culver, three years, twenty. million. Their free agents are Evan Turner, Juan Hernan Gomez, Malik Beasley, who has been charged with, with uh, two felonies for drug charges. Um, I don't know exactly what happened there, but if he's being charged for felonies for drugs, um, it was something real bad. And uh, I feel like there's a strong possibility we don't see Malik Beasley, at least for a few years in the NBA, maybe ever again. Um, which is which sucks. He was turning into a very promising player. But, you know, it's like uh, Tim Poole says, play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Now, maybe everything about this is false. Maybe all the allegations, all you know, it wasn't really him, any of that type of stuff. But if I'm the Timberwolves, I'm preparing for not having him. Um, and also, uh, for their free agents, is Jordan McLaughlin. Now, McLaughlin is, uh, was on a two-way this last year, but like Bull Bull, has so much value that I, I listed him here as a free agent just because I think the uh, Timberwolves would like to keep him around as a backup point guard. Juan Hernan Gomez is a restricted free agent. And I think as long as the uh, the market doesn't get too hot on him, uh, the Timberwolves will bring him back. Um, the Timberwolves have been in a lot of rumors um, about trying to trade for like Devin Booker or some other star player to pair with uh, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns and one of the biggest reasons for that is they have cap room they have a contract to James Johnson that can help make salaries work they have the first and the 17th pick in this year's draft um, as far as I've heard there's nothing that's real close to happening but I would keep an eye on them as we get closer to the draft um, and see if they're able to pull something off <clears throat> With the uh, the first pick, they they just really have to pick who is their uh, top potential guy going forward. Um, on my big board, it's James Wiseman. You know, when you're six one or six one seven one, two hundred fifty pounds, uh, long arms, super athletic, you know, left-handed, has a soft touch, um, looks like he has really good basketball instincts. I think you, unless one of the other guys is just just a absolute for sure thing, I think you got to go with James Wiseman. Um, you can move Carl Anthony Towns down to the four, and uh, those two can play together. And then um, at least have one of those guys on the floor at all times. I think it would make the uh, the Timberwolves better on the defensive end, and I think it would make them a dangerous offensive team as well. Um, 
but also Lamella Ball could be an option here, Anthony Edwards, Anyeka Kungwu, or like I said, trade the pick. Um, I don't like Lamella Ball. I think he's going to be a bust. Other people think he's the most amazing thing that's ever happened. But anyway, um, those are really their their options right now at, at number one. At number 17, I'd be looking for a power forward um, that can come in. You know, if you keep James Johnson around, learn behind him how to be a good uh, defensive power forward in the NBA. And, you know, somebody that can fit next to Carl Anthony Towns here going forward. Um, So I'm looking at guys like Precious Achua out of Memphis. Uh, You know, 6'9", 240 pounds. Just an amazing defensive athlete. His offense is going to need work, um, but I think he can figure it out. Uh, Jalen Smith out of Maryland, 6'10", can play the 4, the 5. Great athlete in straight line speed. Doesn't have much side-to-side speed. Um, He's going to need time, but I think he could be be a good player in the NBA going forward. Um, Tyler Bay out of Colorado, a guy I really like. Um, Now, 17 may be too high for him. But I would at least consider it because, you know, he's 6'7", plays a lot like Sean Marion, um, just a freak of an athlete, and was by far Colorado's best player this last year. And then finally, Paul Reed out of DePaul, also at 17, may be too high. Maybe both those guys are better at 33, but I would at least consider it. You know, Paul Reed, I think, other than uh, Isaac Okoro, is probably the best defender in this draft. Um, and at number 33, I would be looking for a shooter, um, hopefully on the wing, but if it's a guard, that's okay too. I'd just be looking to add some shooting to this team. Um, so I'm looking at guys like Jordan Nawara out of Louisville, Tyrell Terry out of Stanford. Now there's some guys that are really, really high on Tyrell Terry. See him as like a lottery pick. I just being only like 160 pounds like he is and not being just insanely athletic I wouldn't take the chance on him that high but I may be wrong he may be the next Steph Curry I I just don't see it yet um also Isaiah Joe out of Arkansas Malachi Flynn out of San Diego State who's a little undersized you know he's 6'1 6'2 somewhere around there um but one of these guys that can just pull up from anywhere um, and then Emmanuel Quickly out of Kentucky um, has been flying up draft boards lately. Has good length, at about six three, long arms, pretty quick side to side, um, and has shown to be a pretty good shooter. Um, all right, so the next team up is the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Portland had a little bit of a disappointing year this year. Uh, They made it to the Western Conference Finals the year before. Now, I've said this before. I don't... And it will be the same way with the Nuggets this year where they they really got to the Western Conference Finals by circumstance. And I don't really think that they should have been looking at their team as a Western Conference Final team. More as just a, you know, make it to the playoffs and at least be competitive type team. Um, 
but they didn't see it that way. They tried to kind of push all in this year, and uh, I mean, they eventually ended up making the playoffs, but very easily got beat out by the Lakers. Um, but they are, let's see, one million dollars over the salary cap uh, as the offseason gets started here. Um, I'm doing this in the dark, so I don't have my notes with me. Um, so I'm going to kind of just do this all from memory here. Um, but their biggest contracts are Damian Lillard. His is huge. Um, he's one of the very first to sign one of these uh, designated player uh, max level contracts. Um, the super max, basically. So his last year of his contract is like $53 million. It It's a ridiculous contract. It's huge. Um, next is CJ McCollum. Uh, he has, I think, four years left, a little over $100 million. Um, Yusuf Nurkic has two years, 24. Um, his is actually a really good value deal, especially if he stays healthy. Um, next is Trevor Ariza, who has one year, $13 million left on his deal. He does have a partial guarantee this year, though. So if the... Uh, trailblazers decided to i think it's right around two million dollars they pay him that and he becomes a free agent and if i was the portland trailblazers that's what i would probably do uh with him uh you know he he can be helpful to a contender but i i would send him off to somebody else um you know let him go play with lebron and with the lakers or go play in golden state or something like that um, next is Rodney Hood, who has one year, $6 million left on his deal. Now, he tore his ACL this last year. Or not his ACL, his Achilles. And uh, so he might be out for the entire year. Now, with the uh, the season being postponed like it was, and it basically being nine, nine months by the time they start playing since the uh, league got shut down for a little bit, he may be ready to go by like mid-season this year, um, but those Achilles injuries they take a long time. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be planning on him being back, but maybe he could be back uh, for a playoff run. And then finally, Zach Collins has one year, five million left on his deal. Uh, that is his rookie deal, um, and this is this is really his make-or-break year. He was starting to look like he could be a real piece for them going forward, and then he got hurt and was out for most of the year this last season. Um, got hurt in the bubble again, and so hopefully he can stay healthy, gain himself a, a good contract going forward here. Um, their free agents are Hassan Whiteside. Um, he may be back. I don't think there's going to be much of a market for him. Um, he definitely won't get paid the $27 million he got paid this year. Um, I think at the most somebody would give him is the mid-level exception, so about $9 million a year. But I would guess closer to like 5 or 6 for him this, this season. Um, next is Caleb Swanigan. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to be in the NBA anymore after the, this contract that just ended. I... I think he'll probably end up playing overseas here pretty soon. Um, Wenyan Gabriel is also a free agent. They may bring him back. Um, he shows a little bit of promise. He's got good length, can play the four or the three 
Um, really can't shoot, but he defends at a pretty good level. And he's a pretty decent athlete. I think if he wants to come back on a minimum contract, the Portland Trail Blazers may bring him back. Um, I believe that's all for them. Again, I, I don't have... I can't see my notes right now. Um, it's dark and I'm driving. Um, but I'm just working off the memory. But I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, and then in the draft, they have the 16th pick and the... Hold on one second. And the 46th pick. Now, with the 16th pick, I'd be looking for more depth on the wing for them. Um, um, so, if guys like Aaron Neesmith or Sadiq Bay are still available at that point, I'd look at those guys. Um, but you're probably looking more at like Desmond Bain, um, Josh Green. Um, Maybe you go with like a power forward slash center and Jalen Smith. Um, that's kind of what they're looking at at 16. I wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe trade down a few spots um, just because I don't know what they really want is going to fall to them at 16. Uh, maybe Precious Achua could be a guy that could fit well with them. You know, could play the four or the five. Really athletic, amazing defender. Offense is going to need some work. Um, at 46, um, again, I'm looking for more depth on the wing. Um, this is a team that historically is how it loads up on the guards. It's ever since Neil O'Shea took over, loads up on guards, loads up on bigs, um, kind of really doesn't care about the wing. Um, but at 46, that's kind of where I'd be looking. So you got you, at that point, you're getting down to like guys like uh, Sam Merrill. Um, Paul Ebois, Josh Hall, Kenyon Martin Jr., uh, Tress Trinkle out of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State or Oregon State, one of those two. Um, maybe Skyler Mays out of LSU, Trendon Watford out of LSU. Um, that's kind of what I'd be looking for there. Um, and then on to the final team of the Western Conference, that is the uh, Golden State Warriors. Um, now, the Warriors had a really, really tough season this last year. They've been in the finals the last five years, won three of them, uh, lost the one year to LeBron and the Cavs, and then lost, I guess, two years ago now to the Raptors. Um, during that series... Clay Thompson injured his ACL, or tore his ACL, so he was out this whole season. Um, Steph Curry really didn't play hardly at all this year. Draymond Green, because there was really nothing to play for, just didn't give a crap and hardly played. Um, and so they really got a chance to just play a bunch of either rookies or guys that have bounced around the league um, and try and give them a shot. This next year, though, Steph's ready to go. Clay is ready to go. Hopefully Draymond is good. Um, they have on Andrew Wiggins now after um, the sign-in trade. They worked out with the, the Nets to get D'Angelo Russell. Then they traded D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves, got Andrew Wiggins and a future first-round pick from them. Um, you know, Marquise Chris has become a decent center for them now. Um, Eric Paschal, who was a second-round pick for them this last year, is looking like he could 
be a starting power forward in the future, or at least a really good six man out at that position. Um, Kai Bowman is looking like a decent backup point guard. Same with Damian Lee is looking like a really good backup shooting guard to Clay Thompson. So they they did figure some things out. They have the number two pick this year, and they have a really high pick. Um, at least we're all assuming that's going to be a high pick, which is the Timberwolves pick next year. Um, <clears throat> now, I, oh man, I forgot where I was going with that. <clears throat> but anyway, um, so this team, the biggest contracts they have, Steph Curry has two years left on his deal at like, I think it's 85, 88 million, million somewhere around there. Um, <clears throat> Clay Thompson has four years left on his deal, which is the max deal. Um, so does, uh, Draymond Green, his is a little less. I think it's 22 this year, and it'll go up to 27 the last year of it. <clears throat> um, Andrew Wiggins has four years left on his deal. His is also a max. This year it's 29. Um, Kev Caval Looney has one year left at $4 million. And other than that, they're dealing with mostly uh, minimum contracts from that point on. Now, there's been a lot of rumors about them possibly moving the second pick. Um, and Andrew Wiggins and going out and getting uh, thir- uh, you know another star to put together with this group, whether that be Drew Holiday, Bradley Beal, um, you know, Giannis was kind of floated out there, but I really, really doubt Giannis is going to be traded this year. Um, ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have been talked about, but I don't think they'll be moved. <clears throat> um, so I don't know really what they're going to do- end up doing there. They don't have any free agents this season. Um, all of their guys that they had this last year are signed up for the next, so kind of boring there. <clears throat> um, like I said, they have the second pick, and then they have two second rounders, kind of late second rounders. I think it's 48 and 51, 51 and 54, or something like that. Um, with the second pick, if they cannot move it, um, they just got to go with whoever's the best on their board that's available whether it be LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, Anyeka Kungwu, Denny Abdia, whoever it is, they just got to take the highest talented guy and just kind of try and make them fit with whatever's going on. And hopefully at the trade deadline, either they fit really well and you don't need to make a deal or you can make a deal at that point uh, to find the guy that fits really well with the group. Um, there are other two. I would look to use those as, uh, as two-way contract guys. Um, so take a chance on a couple guys, bring them into your system, have them play for the Santa Cruz Warriors. Um, you know, and I don't really know what position they'd be looking at there. Uh, maybe a point guard and a big. Um, maybe a point guard and a wing. I think they probably need to be taking a point guard, though, with one of those at least. Um, because right now they have Steph Curry, Kai Bowman, and Michael Mulder. So they... You know, if Steph gets hurt again, they are really desperate at the point guard position. Um, but that's kind of where I'm looking for the Warriors to go. But with that, that go that ends the Western Conference for all the team previews. I know I said I was going to try and do all 30 teams individually. It just ended up not working out that way. Um, but, you know, we got the Western Conference done. We have six more teams to do in the East. I've got a couple more things with the draft that I want to put out before the draft. We'll do a live, kind of live stream of the draft, but 
I'll just be doing analysis and then posting the, the, the results of it. So it's, I guess, kind of life, but not really. Um, you'll just know the results of the draft and my thoughts on it right afterwards, basically. Um, but yeah, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. It's basically the end of the day, um, so most of you probably won't be listening to us at least until Monday. Um, so have a great week. And uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Bye.